You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Titan Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host once again, Adam Brubaker. If you listened to the last episode of this podcast, you would have heard me go over the lower loop of Yellowstone. So I'm back at that today. I have a map in front of me. So you can go on to YouTube and get another version of this where I'm going to be using my cursor to follow along with a map. If you don't have a map uh, and you're listening on the podcast, you can look it up on your phone. Maybe you have one laying around. It's, it's really easy to find a map. Uh, I just Googled Yellowstone Roads, and the second option down is the map that I use. It's a basic map, but it has the picnic areas and a lot of the, the major stops. I'm going to be going, doing the upper loop, starting from West Yellowstone. Uh, easier access to that northern loop of Yellowstone is going to be from Gardner, Montana at the north and the northeast, northeast entrance over at Cook City, Montana. Let me give you a little background for what I think about the, the upper loop of Yellowstone. So the upper lo- loop, when I do tours, I am thinking wildlife. There are great scenic opportunities. There are a few thermal areas, not as uh, high of concentration as you're going to find on the southern end of the park. Uh, that, that upper loop, when I'm thinking about going there, usually my goal, depending on the, what's going on, you know, that's one of the things I always try to keep up, what's going on, where should I be on a day-to-day basis? And for the most part, you know, it's trying to end up in Lamar Valley at one time or another throughout the day. Uh, Something to consider on this loop right now is it's 2021. Uh, the, the road from Canyon Village to Tower Roosevelt is going to be closed again this year. It was closed again last year. I, as I go through this process of sharing this upper loop with you, I'm going to act like it's open. And you can plan accordingly. Just remember right now, 2021, you are still going to have to go from Norris Geyser Basin area, Norris Junction to Mammoth Hot Springs, over to Tower Roosevelt, then out to Lamar Valley that way uh, for the current year. Going to West Yellowstone. So I start this at 5, 5.30 in the morning. Uh, I want to get up early, and I want to make it as far as I can, as close as I can to Lamar Valley at first light. I usually don't get over that time. Just after sunrise, early in the morning, basically why it's still cool out. Now, depending on the year, this excuse me, the time of year that you're traveling that direction, let's say May or June, you may not want to travel that whole area in the dark because on your way to Lamar Valley, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for wildlife. It's still cooler during the day. Hasn't reached those hot temperatures that you'll get in July and August. So maybe it's worth starting a little later. In general, for wildlife, you want to start early. So coming in from West Yellowstone, you know, 5, 5.30 at the gate. And there's probably not going to be anybody there. You are still welcome to go in. I get asked all the time, when does the gate open? And all the gates are always open. You are supposed to have a park pass with you, even if nobody's at the gate to check it. 
So from West Yellowstone to Madison Junction is 14 miles. And from Madison Junction to Norris Junction is another 14. And then from Norris to Canyon Village is 12 miles. So that whole section I just mentioned from Madison to Canyon Village can take you just over an hour. It's For me, it's typically dark. And I just kind of cruise that section. If we have opportunities for wildlife along the way, I'll stop. But my focus going on that North Loop is the North Loop. And so that is, if if you've missed highlights in that area, listen to the last episode where I go over the Southern Loop, and that will uh, go over those areas for you. So at Canyon Village, I mentioned you just traveled just over an hour to get here. Maybe you're a a morning person that needs their coffee, or maybe that makes you not a morning person. So you, you need your coffee or you've had your hot chocolate, you've had a lot to drink. There's a restroom here. The restrooms at the, the visitor center are open. So you have that option. And the reason I like to go this direction is start with Canyon Village instead of going from Norris up to Mammoth that way is on a regular year when that uh, Canyon to Tower Roosevelt is open, this is what I do. So from Canyon, I have two options for wildlife. Like, hey, let's drop down into Hayden Valley, see if there's anything going on. Or maybe I know there's something going down, and we can go into Hayden Valley, and then you're not far to continue on your trip up to Lamar Valley. In this case, uh, I'm going to go from Canyon to Tower, or the Tower Roosevelt Junction, which is 19 miles. Uh, Again, if I'm starting out early, I might just drive this section, getting out to Lamar Valley. Uh, along this, I'll kind of tell you different places that are great options to look. Maybe if you're here later in the day or even, you know, if by this time, if you have light, good places to, to stop. So as you go up, um, going, I guess, north from Canyon Village, one of the first places for me would be the, the Washburn Hot Springs Overlook. It's a beautiful scenic spot. You can see, you know, I believe that spot you can see as far as the Tetons, you can see the, the Absaroka Range, you can see into Hayden Valley. But just below that, there's a little meadow that I like to watch. Uh, where along this route, and you know, in that meadow, what I'd be watching for is, is bears. And so from there, and in general, on this section, it's this road between Canyon and Tower Roosevelt. Uh, bears are good, mule deer elk, bison, I've seen moose along this stretch, bighorn sheep, so mountain goats I've seen, so a variety of animals you could be watching for along this section. So going from that area, going north, uh, just before you get to the south Mount Washburn trailhead, there's a a pullout with a, a restroom there. It's a nice pullout. And it's an open area. That's another area that I stop and I view. And again, I'm going to be mentioning I glass. When I say I'm glassing, that means I'm getting binoculars out, looking my binoculars. So any open areas. Uh, In this area, occasionally you're looking into the trees in the fall time. In the fall time, you'll have black bears that climb to the top of the the white bark pine trees going after the pine nuts. And so that's, you know, if you see a a moving tree swaying back and forth, something to watch for. There's a lot of open areas. You're up high, getting above those trees, or you have a a lot of dead trees, and you can view and look out quite a way. So if you see an opportunity to stop and glass, get out, look, 
through your binoculars. The areas of interest, you have the Chittenden Road. Chittenden Road is a dirt road that goes up a couple miles to a beautiful overlook. And that's where the other trailhead for Mount Washburn is. As you start going further north, you start hitting the downhill section. And as you start on this downhill section, you know, this is part of the road or this is the, the road that is being improved and why the, the road is closed right now. So it's hard to say what it's going to look like next year. But uh, it's always been rough conditions with poor pullouts. You have to be careful as you're getting on and off this road. Uh, as you go down this section, you're in a big open area. Um, wide open, you're up high, so you can see a long ways out. You can see for miles. And I'll use pullouts as I go down this way. Look right down below. It's kind of a steep area along the creek through there. I'll, I'll look far off. And, you know, things that I'm looking through here, you'll often see elk through this area. Uh, it's a good area for bears, bl both black bear and grizzly bears. You'll see bison. I've seen some great-looking mule deer. Occasionally down low, I've seen moose, not very often, but there's that chance. And looking up high towards Mount Washburn, I've seen mountain goats and bighorn sheep up there. So along this section, you drive down, and it's beautiful for wildflowers. So I always mention the wildlife and things, and I mean, everything seems to be scenic in Yellowstone. So all these areas have a scenic beauty to them as well as looking for the wildlife. Continuing south, getting into Tower Falls. Uh, and so at Tower Falls, another parking lot, there's a gift shop there, great place to get ice cream, bathrooms again. And there's a hike to Tower Falls that you can see that I recommend. And from Tower Falls to the Tower Roosevelt Junction, is like a two-mile stretch and an awesome place for wildlife in that little two miles. Also, some scenic areas because you're going to have the, this is the north end of the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. You have overlooks like Calcite Springs, uh, the Hanging Cliff, and so some scenic opportunities. Any of those scenic opportunities, any scenic places you stop for, and you're looking at the canyon, also watch for wildlife. You drive this road. It is awesome for black bears. And I believe on this northern range, it's something like uh, the black bear population is three to one on the grizzly bear. So lots of black bears up here. Bighorn sheep again. If you're looking into the canyon, watch that far canyon wall for bighorn sheep. Uh, watch for peregrine falcons and osprey that nest in the canyon. Uh, through this area, there's a great horned owl that will occasionally nest or a red-tailed hawk. Good options through here. And as you come into that Tower Roosevelt Junction, uh, you'll start to get bison through there, uh, occasional elk. You know, sometimes the elk through a lot of these areas are very seasonal, where the spring and fall, there'll be uh, quite a few of them. Whereas in the summertime, they're harder to see just because they're reaching those higher elevations. They're getting out of the heat. They're more active in the mornings and evenings. At Tower Junction, there's a gas station with a restroom. And this is going to be the last restroom that you see as you head towards Lamar Valley until you get to Silvergate. And I should say the last nice restroom. There are the pit style or vault style toilets along the way. Nothing pretty, but there are options there. So from Tower Junction out to so Tower Junction out to Cook City, Montana is 29 miles. So I'm going to break this up. So we're going to start from Tower Junction to Slough Creek. And it's that first just couple miles of this area that is really good for wildlife. Again, I'm watching the same type of things I mentioned before. 
bighorn sheep, black bears. And I would say right through this area, kind of the picnic area and just beyond that is kind of where you transition from this good black bear territory into grizzly bear territory. Pronghorn you start seeing through this section as well. Through a lot of Yellowstone, you don't see pronghorn except for on this northern range. From here, you're going to cross the Yellowstone River. Just as you cross that bridge and go up the hill, you're going to have the Yellowstone picnic area, which I'll talk about a little bit later. It's a nice little spot. Going across this section, I mentioned it's transition from black bear to grizzly bears because you go from this forested area into more of sagebrush. Uh, you'll see a lot of rocks in this area. Those rocks are glacial erratics, uh, rocks that were left by glaciers. As you get to Slough Creek, the Slough Creek Road, you have another restroom. That Slough Creek Road, it's a bumpy, dirty road, but it's worth going down, not only for the wildlife, uh, the scenic opportunities through there. So on that road, and I guess in more than just that road, in that general area, watch for wolves. Traditionally out there, I'm not going to give you any specifics, there has been a pack of wolves that den. If you don't know where that is, you know, Phil, again, what's one of those things, email, call, text me and ask, hey, what are some great locations to find wolves? Or if you show up there and you see a lot of people with spotting scopes, just ask somebody. You know, these, a lot of these people are very familiar with the wolves. They do this on a regular basis, and they don't mind sharing. They enjoy. That's why they're out there. They enjoy the wolves. They enjoy sharing it with people. Uh, you know, during this time of COVID, it's a little different. You know, people are hesitant to look, let you look through their scopes. But typically, on a regular year, they're going to allow you to look through their scope and be able to get a glimpse of, of a wolf. And so that's a great area for looking for wolves. Uh, also, it's just it's scenic. You have Slough Creek that comes through here, and you're you kind of as you first come in, you're up on top of this hill, and you can look over this area with the creek. And often there's bison out there, uh, bald eagles sometimes along the creek or the out there. So a, a few different options in in that area. And also, I like that road for badgers. You know, it seems to be a good spot for badgers and. It's tough to find a badger because the badgers, you know, think of this short little animal running around in the sagebrush, which all the sagebrush is taller than it. So they can be tough to see, but a spot that's, you know, if you see something running on the ground on the ground, watch for that. Also, ground squirrels all through this area. It's something that's smaller, kind of forget to mention. From Slough Creek, you're not far. You're, you start following the Lamar River. You go through the Lamar River Canyon. And from here, you're out into Lamar Valley. And so you get to Lamar Valley, and there's a good chance you're going to see hundreds or thousands of bison out there. There's a lot of bison. You have the biggest herd of bison on that northern range, which there's about 4,000 on that northern range. And you're out there, you're like, bison, that's awesome, but where's the bears? You know, this is the Serengeti of the United States. Probably not the same that you might experience when you're in Africa looking for a lion or something else. You still have to put the work in to find these animals. Sometimes it's easy because you see that large group of people, you go up and see what they're looking at, and they'll point something out to you. And that's one way to do it. Just drive until you see the cars. And, you know, I do the same thing as a tour guide. I'll stop in Lamar Valley, the big open area. And first thing I do is look down the road. Is there anybody stopped? And if I see a bunch of bison around them, I'll be they're probably stopped for the bison. There's no bison around them. I'll say, hey, they might be looking at something instead of us spending the next 20 minutes getting to that point and finding out the bear just left, we'll go ask. And 
we'll go further down the road. Otherwise, I stop and I start glassing. You know, I'm just getting my binoculars out, my spotting scope out, and I'm looking over the area. And, you know, this is, is systematic. There's a, a process to it rather than just, well, I'm going to start looking. I start with areas that I'm familiar with, that I've seen animals before, maybe the, the trails the wolves follow. And so I am, have certain places that I start. I look at the tree line, I start low, I go high. And as, as you're doing, as I do this, it's nice because you do find other things. You know, you see the bison, but like, oh, there's, there's a coyote out there. Oh, there's a pronghorn. There's a bald eagle. Uh, and, you know, hopefully you find that bear or the wolf or the bighorn sheep up high through the valley again. But I'll just systematically do this through the valley and watch and see what we can find. That's kind of how I make my way through Lamar Valley. As you go through Lamar Valley, you'll pass the Yellowstone Forever Institute, which is the Lamar Buffalo Ranch. Neat piece of history right there where the, the army, the cavalry that was here helped protect the bison in Yellowstone. You go further out, you kind of start rounding the corner, and you're going to see the confluence of the Lamar and the Soda Butte Creek, and you'll keep going. You'll see this on the map if you're following the map, Mount Norris. Up on that area, I will watch for bears on the grassy areas. Uh, you will pass the Soda Butte Cone. Get out to Pebble Creek. In this Pebble Creek area, you can get out here at the right time of year, usually in the mornings. The winter seems to be the best, but you can see them spring and fall as well. It's probably the best place in Yellowstone to see moose on a regular basis. Going to be out towards that Pebble Creek area. As you keep on going out this way, you get to Baronet Peak, which is going to be kind of on the northwest side of the road. And Baronet Peak is a great place to look for mountain goats. Up on this area, I've seen anywhere from, well, no mountain goats to 14 or 15 mountain goats at a time. And then from here, you continue on out to Silvergate, Cook City, where you leave Yellowstone. If you continue from there, you do have the, the Beartooth Highway. And the Beartooth Highway is a beautiful scenic drive. Typically on, you know, for me on a tour, I make it as far as Baronet Peak and maybe even not that. Maybe I only go as far as Pebble Creek, depending on the wildlife we've seen. I try to get to one of those two places to find mountain goats. Those are both places that I'll look up high for mountain goats. From there, you turn around and you kind of do the same thing. If you maybe you didn't see a bear on the way or the wolves or whatever it was you're looking for, you go back through and you just look again, see if anybody's found anything. Or see if you can find something. And so with this, I should mention bears and wolves. That's a big goal for when people come to Yellowstone. And that's a lot of what a wildlife trip is about. Because you're going to see other things along the way. You know, especially bison and elk, pronghorn. But those bears and wolves, this is kind of the best area in general to find them. That being said, animals are wild. And you're not always going to see one. You know, as, as you follow along in these, this episode and the last one and the future episodes, I'm trying to give you the tools so that you can find them or that when you do find them, you know what to do, you know, have bear spray or, you know, keep your distance at 100 yards from these animals, uh, you know, know why and what, you know, their behavior is, what they're doing. Uh, but you're not always going to see one when you go out this direction. But this is kind of the, the go-to area for people looking. So again, as you come back, I'll kind of give you an idea, you know, getting back to the Yellowstone picnic area. I try to be back here between 11 and 1130 in the morning. 
So I get to this point from West Yellowstone. You know, I try, I'm thinking I'm trying between, you know, by eight o'clock around that, depending on what we've done along the way, sooner the better, just to get in this area why it's cool out. And so then I'm back to that picnic area by 11. And that's where I try to have lunch. There's a couple different areas I'll have lunch, but this one is nice because of the wildlife that's in this area. There's a nice little hike as well that after lunch we'll go up and do this hike and see the part of the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and the wildlife that I've specifically seen through this area. If you listen to previous episodes, I mentioned about this uh, fox that was chasing around a deer fawn. That happened while we were having lunch there. I've had bison come through, bighorn sheep, tons of ravens there. You got to watch your lunch. They'll come in and steal it. There's been badgers. Um, one time I missed it years ago, there was a, a fox in that area and the badgers came, took it over. Black bears, I was actually eating lunch on that trail one time with a family. And one of the kids points behind me and says, what's that? And there's this black bear up there wandering around. So we kind of watched him, packed ourselves up and left. I mean, he wasn't interested in us the big male bear. So there's a lot of opportunity just having their lunch, sitting in one spot for a while, you know, what could, what could pop up from there back down to the tower junction. And, you know, if I'm doing a, a wildlife specific, specific tour, and that's the main focus, I may not get to this Yellowstone picnic area by 11 o'clock. Maybe we spend more time out here and we have lunch out in the Valley and we spend more time on this area. So a faster route back is going to go back over Dunraven Pass and back to West Yellowstone via Canyon Norris to Madison to West. And so I will do that, uh, especially if we're, you know, again, this road going over Dunraven could be really good for wildlife. So we'll hit that again, or that's not possible this year. Or if you, you know, somebody wants to see Mammoth Hot Springs, we'll go ahead and towards, head towards Mammoth Hot Springs. So along this section, Again, from Tower Roosevelt to an area just past the Petrified Tree, Floating Island Lake. That's a great habitat for black bears again. Uh, I'll even take this road back along the Petrified Tree. Some people are interested in the tree. Others are not. I uh, kind of at least pointed out, but also a place to, to look for bears. Um, seen occasional moose in that area up to uh, Floating Island Lake as well. From there, as you continue to go, you have this Blacktail Plateau Drive that you have to come in from the west side, and it's about a seven-mile drive. I have only had success on that a couple times. It's a long, bumpy dirt road. So for the most part, I'm not traveling that road. It is nice to kind of be off the beaten path and kind of see it back there. It's nice to go back there, especially in the springtime. Uh, usually in the spring, it's not open until later, so maybe I should say early summer. But, uh, it, it is a drive to consider. And I should say from Tower to Mammoth is about 18 miles. So then continuing on from there, you'll see that just along the road, there's a couple waterfalls. You have Wraith Falls, which is about a half-mile hike, just a nice little hike um, back to this waterfall. Undyne Falls is like 50 feet off the road, both great waterfalls to see. You also have uh, an area called Blacktail Ponds in this area. And Blacktail Ponds is a good area. Uh, in the springtime, it's great for grizzly bears. They're kind of one of the first consistent places they show up looking for food through there. Also a great bird watching spot. That's kind of in a spot that got me into birds. 
that's where I saw my first pintail. My camera was broken, and I'm a horrible artist, but I did a little sketch just to remember the details, the patterns, and I wanted to know what that bird was. And it kind of got me into bird watching. So that's a good place for bird watching. As you go from Undyne into Mammoth Hot Springs, start watching for elk. And not just to see them, but watch out for them on the road. As you get into Mammoth Hot Springs, and there's going to be typically elk in that area. Uh, so this is an area seasonally you have to be very careful of elk. Uh, seasonally all the time, but more specifically in the springtime, they're, having, they're dropping their calves in that area. So you have to watch. There's not an elk calf somewhere and mom shows up and chases you off. Also in the fall time during the rut, the bull elk is in that area chasing the cows, which you have to be very careful of as well. So a lot of elk in this area, usually throughout the year, you have to be careful of them. And before I get into Mammoth, I'll mention for Mammoth Hot Springs to Gardner, Montana is five miles. That is a nice scenic drive. And towards the end, towards Gardner, along Rescue Creek, there is a, a pullout with a hike that goes across the bridge up onto this kind of this little plateau, this little flat area. Neat little history up in there and also watching for bighorn sheep in that area. And I need to mention as you go into Gardner, of course, you have the Roosevelt Arch. Uh, which Teddy Roosevelt, um, he was on his way out, as I, as I remember, from visiting Yellowstone, and they did a dedication ceremony, I think, from the back of the train. So below the arch, there's the high school, but you'll also see, I has been years, but the old, it was at one time, I don't know if it still is, the library and the sheriff's office is, part, is where the old train depot is. I don't know if those two facilities are still in there, but that's the old train depot. And so that's neat little history there. So going back to, to Mammoth, oh, and I, on the, along that sech, section, I think I mentioned, watch for bighorn sheep. So along, going back to Mammoth, there's a, historically a great horned owl nest in that area. Again, I'm not going to tell you where, but something to consider as you're in that area, ask around, ask a ranger. They feel comfortable sharing with what's going on. They'll, they'll let you know on that. And then for Mammoth, you, of course, you have Mammoth Hot Springs, the actual hot springs. These are not ones that you can get into. You don't want to bring your bathing suit. And this is, this is a big section. This is a, a big geyser basin. There, you know, it's all one hot spring, so it's pretty neat. And what I'll typically do is visit the lower terraces. And specifically, there's, there's a big cone that you can't miss. It's kind of the easy to see. It's Liberty Cap. And it's tall. And I'll park right in front of that and just do the walk out to like Devil's Thumb and see the terraces out there. I think that's one of the best areas to view the terraces. And from there, there's a lot of stairs and trails through the lower terraces, which I typically don't go to. Uh, there are some active things through there, but there's a lot of dormant as well. And I will go take the drive up to the upper terraces. And at the upper terraces, again, it's kind of hard to have parking. It, once you go inside, so you can park on the outside, and there's a nice walk over to Canary Springs, or you can drive and do this whole loop, and there's some great things along that loop of the upper terraces of Mammoth Hot Springs. And once we've done that loop, I continue to go south. So from here, you have Mammoth Hot Springs to Norris Geyser Basin, Geyser Basin, which is 21 miles. Along this route, as you go up, there's an area called known as some people call it the Hoodoos of Yellowstone or Silvergate. 
It's a lot of fallen rocks. It's pretty hard to miss. All these rocks have fallen from a cliffside over time. Uh, it's a neat place to pull over and, and look. I'd also listen and watch for pikas in those rocks. As you go further up, you'll go across the Golden Gate of Yellowstone, which is a bridge that kind of hugs the canyon walls. And I start watching for mountain goats through there. And there's a pull out to stop and see Rustic Falls. Going further south from there, you're going to come into Swan Lake Flats. Swan Lake Flats is another great place for birds. And occasionally from year to year, depending on the, how they're doing, you'll, you will see swans there. And, you know, give you that overview is right now, like last year and this year, where that Canyon Village to Tower area is closed. I'm hitting this Swan Lake Flats in the morning. I'll try to be there around sunrise. And so it's a great place to catch the sunrise. Maybe it's just after sunrise. Early in the morning, this can pay off more than, you know, you're coming through here at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be tougher. Things that you're looking at far away, there's going to be heat waves. So again, at Swan Lake Flats, big area. And so I'm glassing again. Um, up on the, the peaks through there, I've seen bighorn sheep. I've seen mountain goats. I've seen bears and wolves in this area. There's a wolf pack that, calls this area home as a territory here they are not as consistent um, in this area as you'll see wolves other places in the park uh, also elk and bison in this area so going south from swan lake flats a couple points of interest there's a couple thermal areas through here but i'll mention obsidian cliff where obsidian is what the natives made arrowheads out of that black glass-like rock and there is a whole cliff side of it now, you're not supposed to be on the cliff or out on the car next to it, but they have some pullouts where you can view that area. And again, you cannot take the obsidian with you. Again, like I've said before, people think, oh, it's just one little piece. Well, 4 million people every year take one little piece. It would be go pretty fast. And one neat thing here that I'll throw in about obsidian cliff is the natives did use that area to collect obsidian, and they had a, a trade route. And this trade route, they found that the obsidian, well, they found arrowheads as far east or as far away as Maine. And those arrowheads or the obsidian from those arrowheads are traced back specifically to Obsidian Cliff. Uh, going down from there, going south, you have Roaring Mountain. Roaring Mountain, I love to see that in the morning time because in the morning it's cool out and you can see every little place steam comes out there. It's a lot more dramatic in the, the early morning. And you can hear it better in the morning because there's less traffic coming through. And so it doesn't roar like it used to, but I understand that people used to be able to hear it a couple miles away as far as Obsidian Cliff. And also I mentioned through this area, this, you know, especially I would say in the springtime is best. This is good grizzly bear habitat through here. And going down, you know, at the Norris campground right before, as you go in there, you have the Museum of the National Park Ranger. A neat little spot to go into and check out. And then from here, you are back to Norris Junction. And of course, to Madison, to West Yellowstone, and you're out. Uh, a couple of side notes to throw in here. You know, if this is a great place to stop, where I mentioned, you know, you're passing all of this the way in the way in to go up to that north side of the park, and the way back out, you have time. You know, stop and see Gibbon Falls, their chocolate pot, the paint pots, or other things along this route. You know, if it's the fall time, save time for along the Madison. 
for the elk and the elk ruts go, happening through there. Or another option is if you, you know, go through this tower to canyon area, stay on the way back, or even in the morning, you know, the canyon village, canyon, uh, canyon itself, the waterfall is right there. I'll go in and, and check that out. So there are options that, you know, well, we passed that on the way, but, you know, up for wildlife. And you can hit those on the way back out. There's, there's options for that. And I, I want to mention two other roads that aren't part of the Northern Road, but just to, so I cover all the roads of Yellowstone, Highway 191 that does come through Yellowstone. And so a lot of people, I think they forget they're in Yellowstone through part of that on this section. That, you know, they just want to keep on going 65 and kind of get through the highway and down to West Yellowstone or wherever they're going. The speed limit does slow down through there and watch for wildlife uh, along this section. That's a great area for wildlife. I've seen bears through there. I've had friends that have had wolves and moose through here. So just because you're on a highway does not mean there's not a chance for wildlife. And then going down to the very southeast corner, excuse me, southwest corner of Yellowstone, you have the Beckler area, you have the Beckler Ranger Station. And there's a 19-mile road, 19 miles of dirt road that you travel in here to get to an area called Cave Falls. Cave Falls is a beautiful waterfall where you can just stop and enjoy that area. Or you can do, I believe it's like a 22-mile hike into Old Faithful. And this, this area of Yellowstone is called the Cascade Corner because of the amount of waterfalls in there. You can also do day hikes out to, you know, here you, there's labeled on the map things like Union Falls, Donata Falls, but there's a lot of different uh, waterfalls in that area. I think Beckler Falls is even closer. Uh, that is the northern loop of Yellowstone. So, again, if you missed it, the, on the last episode, I went over the, the lower loop of Yellowstone. And this is just, again, give you a, a general idea, broad overview of of yellowstone and the areas you might see and future episodes you're going to hear me break down individual places so for example here on the southern loop you have fountain paint pots and i'm going to go through what are you going to see specifically at fountain paint pots what is there to do how much time what you should consider in those specific areas of yellowstone so once again thank you for tuning in i appreciate any follows or likes or comments and give me some feedback. Tell me what you want to hear. Ask me questions. And I will try to highlight those on future episodes. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Tied to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tied to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 